Welcome to St. George Orthodox Church Homilies and Reflections. Today's homily is from the Sunday of the Last Judgment. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Joyous Feast. Joyous Feast. Oops. We have a I see there's a lot of visitors here today, so welcome. Some, I think someone contacted me and said they were visiting um, from the parish in Riverside. They were catechumens. I'm not sure who that is. It's you guys? <laughs> and uh, so, um, but if you've never attended an Orthodox divine liturgy before, you should know that we're not always focused on hell and judgment like we are today. <laughs> We've actually had two, the weekends that lead up to Holy and Great Lent, we commemorate the publican and the Pharisee, the parable that our Lord tells about how this man, the publican that was a tax collector, was so sinful, and yet he was saved, he was justified you know, before God because he cried out to him for mercy, so we and then last week we commemorated the prodigal son, so the son that wasted everything that he had been given by his father, and when he comes home, he's received with open arms, with joy. But today, it's almost as if the church has been building up our, um, I don't know if you remember from the, the book of Job, where the Lord appears to Job, and he says, you know, he kind of says to him, like, stand up like a man, I'm going to talk to you now, you know. And, uh, and Job is, of course, you know, after he encounters God, just says, I, I, you know, I don't know anything. Um, but so I think that the church kind of gives us the previous two Sundays of the publican and of the prodigal son, those images, in order to brace us, to take a look at the reality of the dread last judgment so that we can look and also so that we can look at it with I guess in the right mode with the right attitude because we don't come to the dread last judgment thinking that God is somehow not merciful or somehow unloving or unkind we actually come to the last judgment and look at it and see it knowing that God is merciful and compassionate and kind. So that's kind of the attitude that we need to have when we look at the Last Judgment. And so we heard in this parable today our Lord saying to the righteous at his right hand, and he tells them to enter into the kingdom, he says, you gave, you gave, you gave, you gave. Over and over again, they gave what they had, they gave their time, they gave their energy, they gave their attention to anyone that they encountered that was in need. And the people on the left, you did not give, you did not give, you did not give, you did not give. They held everything to themselves and gave nothing. Right before this the Lord gives us this image 
of the last judgment is actually the parable of the talents. And so you remember the one man that took the talent that he had and buried it in the ground and didn't do anything with it. So he received all this mercy and grace from God. He received this great gift from God and he buries it and doesn't give. He keeps it, hides it. And so we see another example of that in the account of the last judgment that the Lord gives. And it's no, it's not insignificant that our Lord speaks these words of the last judgment in conclusion, where he's talking with the disciples about signs of the end. So then he concludes with talking about the last judgment. And who knows what happens immediately after this in the Gospel of Matthew. They go to Jerusalem, and Jesus is on his way to be crucified. So he will be hungry, he will be thirsty, he will be stripped, he will be in prison, and all of his disciples will run away. So that's what's going on in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, I want to share with you something that I was just reading this morning, actually. There's a recent saint of our church, Justin Popovic, who's a Serbian priest monk, and he wrote a reflection once. He said, from the perspective of a deer, so if you look around in Prescott, there's tons of deer around here. You'll see them all the time when you're driving. I hope that you'll never run into one with your car. You know, we try to be careful, but they don't, they don't really pay attention. They just run out. <laughs> and so he wrote this, this reflection from the perspective of a deer. And he reflects on the reality of creation, fallen. And what would a deer have to say to the human race, to us. So he reflects on that. And he, and he chose the deer, I think, because deer, especially the, the female ones that are around, you know, not so much the young bucks that are, you know, they get into fights with each other and stuff, but the, you know, they're very gentle creatures. And they have big eyes that always kind of look a little bit like they're crying. And of course, within the image in the scriptures even, there's from the Psalms, and it says, you know, as the deer pants after the water, so my soul longs after you, O God. So you have this sense of the deer being this longing creature. And so St. Justin says, I am a deer. I am the sense of sorrow in the universe. Long, long ago, someone thrust onto earth everything that was sorrowful in all worlds, and from this he formed my heart. And therefore I am the sense of sorrow. I live by absorbing the sorrow out of all beings and creatures. Every being drops, dark drop after dark drop of sorrow into my heart as soon as I approach him. And so then he begins to reflect on how a deer would view humanity. How a deer would view what occurred in creation 
because of humanity's free choice to make it so. Because everything is created good. Everything is created to be in a life-giving communion with the living God. Everything flows out of that love into existence. And yet by humanity's free choice, everything goes in a tragically different direction. And so the deer says to humanity, once we were in paradise, you men transformed it for us into hell. What devils are to you, you men are to us. The birches told us, so in this reflection, the trees also speak. We saw Satan falling from heaven onto earth, falling among men and remaining. He, the one who fell away from heaven, has declared, it is very pleasant for me among men, and I have a paradise of my own men. And the deer continues. I know and presage that a better immortality awaits me than that of men. For you men, there in that world, in the kingdom to come, there also exists hell. But for us dear, only paradise. For you men consciously and voluntarily fabricated sin, evil, and death. And then without our consent, you also pulled us into them through your malice and malevolence because you had authority over us. Therefore, you shall also have to answer for us for all our torments, troubles, sufferings, and deaths. You shall also have to atone for us and on account of us. I have been listening. The blue sky has been whispering to the black earth this eternal truth. On the day of judgment, men will have to give an answer for all the torments for all the sufferings, for all the troubles, for all the deaths of all earthly beings and creatures, all the animals, all the birds, all the plants, shall rise up and charge the human race with all the pains, with all the injuries, with all the evils, with all the deaths that it has caused them in its arrogant love of sin. For with the human race, before it and behind it, go sin, death, and hell. If I were to choose between creatures, I would choose a tiger before a man because a tiger is less bloodthirsty than man. I would choose a lion before a man because a lion is less blood-sucking than man. I would choose a hyena before a man because a hyena is less repulsive than man. I would choose a lynx before a man because a lynx is less fierce than man. I would choose a serpent before a man because a serpent is less cunning than man. I would choose any monster before man because even the most terrifying monster is less terrifying than man. 
Oh, I am speaking the truth. I am speaking from my heart. For man invented and made sin, death, and hell. And this is worse than the worst thing, more monstrous than the most monstrous thing, more terrifying than the most terrifying thing in all my worlds. Then he goes on to castigate our pride in our intelligence, in our ingenuity, in our ability, our illusion of thinking that we can control reality. Certainly this is a large part of, I guess, the modern project, is to think that it is possible and even good and desirable to live without any limits and to technologically overcome all limits in the environment, in the world, and also any limits even that the human body itself might pose to the pursuit of pleasure, to the pursuit of health. What is health? Think about that question. And so he says, the deer continues to speak about our intelligence. And the deer says, they would insult me if they were to tell me that I am intelligent, intelligent in the human sense. So the deer actually says, I'm better off not knowing like you humans do. I'm better off being a deer. If such intelligence is the only characteristic of men, then I not only reject it, but curse it as well. If both my paradise and my immortality depended on it, I would reject paradise and immortality forever. Intelligence without goodness is divine punishment. And great intelligence without great goodness is an unbearable curse. With intelligence, but without goodness and gentleness, man is a ready-made devil. I have listened to the angels of heaven when they wash their wings in my tears. And they say, the devil is great intelligence, bereft of goodness and love. And man is this also, if he has no goodness or love. An intelligent man, lacking goodness and compassion, is hell for my gentle soul, hell for my sorrowful heart, hell for my innocent eyes, hell for my humble being. My soul aspires to one desire, not to live either in this world or in the other world, next to a man who is intelligent but has no goodness or compassionate gentleness. Only in this way will I agree to immortality and eternity. If not, O oh God, annihilate me and transform me into non-existence. Now comes the passage at the end 
of St. Justin's reflection about when the deer begins to think about the God-man, about Jesus Christ, this perfect God and perfect man who gives us the image and likeness once again, clearly, walking about on the earth and shows us the way toward salvation. The deer says, in ancient times, the white deer told me that he, the all-meek and all-merciful one, passed over the earth and transformed the earth back into paradise. Wherever he stood, paradise appeared. Out of him, unto all beings and all creation, there would flow boundless goodness and love and gentleness and mercy and meekness and wisdom. He walked over the earth and brought heaven down to the earth. They called him Jesus. Oh, we saw in him that man can be wondrous and exceedingly beautiful only when he is sinless. He shared in our sorrow and wept with us on account of the evils that men have committed against us. He was with us and against those human creations, sin, evil, and death. He loved all creatures gently and compassionately. He hugged them with a divine longing, and he defended them from human sin, human evil, and human death. He was and has forever remained our God, the God of sorrowful and saddened creatures from the smallest to the greatest. Only those men who resemble him are precious to us. They are our family and our immortality and our love. The soul of these men is woven from his goodness and compassion and love and gentleness and meekness and righteousness and wisdom. Their intelligence is divinely wise, divinely good, divinely humble, divinely compassionate and they resemble the radiant and holy angels. For great intelligence and great goodness combined into one is an angel. Therefore, all our love rushes toward all the, me the all meek, all good, all merciful and gentle Jesus. He is our God and our immortality and our eternity. His gospel is ours more than man's, because more of his goodness, his love, and his gentleness is in us. He, O oh blessed is he in all our hearts and in all our worlds. He, our Lord and God. He, our sweet consolation in this bitter world which is passing, and our eternal joy in that immortal world which is coming. Brothers and sisters, that is the essence of the description of the last judgment that the Lord gives to us. Only those men 
will resemble him. Enter into the kingdom. Metropolitan Anthony Bloom, of blessed memory, speaks in his homily about this morning's parable. He says, you'll notice that at the last judgment, there, there's no mention of greed. There's no mention of belonging to a particular church. There's no question asked about whether people were baptized. He doesn't ask them to recite the Nicene Creed. There's nothing there in this image that the Lord gives us in the Last Judgment other than did you share a likeness with me? That's it. Were you merciful like I am merciful? Were you compassionate like I am compassionate? Did you demonstrate love to the point of laying down your life for your brothers and sisters? Did you love your enemies? Did you, from the time when they beat you and cursed you and nailed you to a cross, did you offer forgiveness from that cross as I did? What did you do? And the Lord doesn't, of course, in the parable, the Lord doesn't have to even ask these questions. He just knows. He knows us precisely and exactly. And so, we can remember this perspective of the deer as we walk about in creation. And certainly, it brings a great deal of sorrow our heart. But on the other hand, we have a great deal of rejoicing because we can see in Christ the way in which when we follow it, when we follow him by taking up our cross, that we step out of this constant abuse of everyone and everything around us and move on the path to life, to love, and to an immortality that is blessed. Amen. Thank you for joining us at St. George Orthodox Church, homilies and reflections. Please be sure to like and subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Okay, goodbye. God bless you.